0: You're listening to On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library. Welcome back to a new episode of On the Same Page, a podcast from the Jefferson-Madison Regional Library System. I'm Abby,
1: here with my co-host EJ. That's right, I'm EJ. In today's episode, we're sharing how to grow, learn, and connect at all nine branches of JMRL. After that, we'll be talking about the JMRL Summer Challenge.
0: To help you get ready, we'll be sharing sneak peeks of a few of our favorite reading challenges coming up this summer, plus a book to match.
1: Last but not least, we'll have our classic book chats so you can hear all about the latest and greatest books we've been reading. Because challenge or no challenge, we're reading all year long. Now, without further ado... We're ready to talk about growing, learning, and connecting at your library.
0: Find the bookmobile tomorrow, Saturday, June 3rd, at the Charlottesville City Market beginning at 9 a.m. with story time at 11.
1: Central will be hosting a Tampa Taiko Japanese drumming performance on Tuesday, June 13th at 10 a.m.
0: Crozet will be showing an afternoon movie Puss in Boots, The Last Wish
1: on Thursday, June 15th at 2 p.m. Gordon is hosting UVA researchers who are seeking child scientists. Kids four and up can participate in these short, fun activities on Wednesday, June 7th at 2.30 p.m.
0: Green's summer reading kickoff party is happening on Monday, June 5th at 6 p.m. There will be face painting, temporary tattoos, a craft, sidewalk chalk, a petting zoo,
1: a reptile zoo, Kona ice, and more. Join Wild Rock at the Louisa Library for creative and collaborative STEM time about ecosystem engineering on Tuesday, June 6th at 2 p.m.
0: Nelson's summer extravaganza kicks off Thursday, June 8th at 2
1: p.m. with activities and snacks for all. Northside is hosting a tie-dye party on Saturday, June 10th. There are different time slots for different ages, so be sure to check the calendar.
0: Scottsville's Curious Kids Storytime is Monday, June 12th at 9.30 a.m.
1: As always, check the calendar to find more information. If you have
0: not already started our summer challenge, EJ and I have each picked a few challenges that we are especially excited to complete this summer. Ours are going to be reading focused, but what we love about the library summer challenge is that anyone and everyone can participate. Even if you or your child is not a big fan of reading, you can still earn prizes by keeping your brain engaged throughout the summer by making music or art, listening to audiobooks, playing games, being physically active, and more.
1: One of the challenges for July is to read something that was recommended to you. Reading any of the books we recommend here on the podcast through book chats or other segments like this one absolutely counts. So let's get started recommending some books. The first challenge that caught my eye was choose a new book to read just by looking at the cover. You all know, listeners, this is pretty much how I read all books these days. I see a cover. I like the cover. I read the book. I go in not knowing much about the books at all. Sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised. Sometimes I'm utterly confused. It happens. But for this recommendation, I would like you all to check out the cover of Ghost Music by Anne Yu. There's some mushrooms on the cover. There's some stanzas of uh, music, some musical notes even, I think. It's just a very striking and calming cover. The colors go well together. It's very nice. And here is a little bit of what it's about. It's a captivating novel that blends magic realism with a coming-of-age story. The novel follows the journey of a young Chinese woman as she deals with the aftermath of her husband's sudden death and begins to explore her own desires and identity. One of the most interesting aspects of this novel is the way it incorporates elements of Chinese mythology and folklore. I don't want to give too much away, listener because I actually just started listening to this book based on the cover, which is where I got the inspiration for this challenge. This challenge will be good in August. So wait till August to complete this challenge. And please check out Ghost Music by Ann Yu.
0: One of the challenges that I am excited to read is to read a book you can finish in one day. I have never finished a book in a day. So I I don't know if this will be possible, but the first thing that came to mind was a graphic novel because that has been the closest that I've ever come to finishing a book in a day. I find that those are super easy to just roll right through. And the book that I'm excited to read this summer to complete this challenge, hopefully we'll see if I finish it in a day, but it is Parable of the Sower by Octavia Butler adapted to a graphic novel by Damien Duffy. I chose this because I really enjoyed the graphic novel version of Kindred, also by Octavia Butler, and it was done by the same artist-illustrator, Damian Duffy. So I feel like I will really connect with that artistic style, and I was able to immerse myself in it right away. Here's just a taste of what you can expect from Parable of the Sower. It was written a long time ago, but it's a future dystopian novel set in 2025, which again, when it was written, was a long time in the future. The world has descended into madness and anarchy, but one woman begins a fateful journey toward a better future.
1: And for my second challenge that really jumped out at me was read a retelling of a myth, fairy tale or folktale tale which will be on the June challenge list. I chose a book called Ariande by Jennifer Saint. This is a novel, and it is a reimagining of the ancient Greek myth of Ariande, the daughter of King Minos, who helps Theseus slay the Minotaur and escape the labyrinth. What I found particularly interesting about this retelling is that it's told from the perspective of Ariandi, giving us a chance to dive deeper into her character and motivations. Throughout the novel, we see her struggle with the burden of being the daughter of a tyrant and the complexities of her relationships with her family members. Again, I don't want to give too much away, reader. This is not a full book chat, as I have not read this full book quite yet. But it is a retelling of a myth. There are lots of options for this one. And I hope you enjoy trying to check out a retelling of a Greek myth of Day. Again, that is Day by Jennifer Saint. The second
0: recommendation that I will give to you is for the challenge of read a book set in a country other than the U.S., I was drawn to this challenge because while I have read a fair amount of books set in Asia or Europe, I realized I haven't read nearly as many books set in South America. So I went on a little bit of a search for a great title to meet this challenge. And I'm excited to read Elena Knows by Claudia Pinheiro, translated by Francis Riddle. I think this looks like a book that I'll really enjoy. It was shortlisted for the International Booker Prize, and it's written by Argentina's, one of Argentina's best crime fiction writers. I haven't read a mystery novel in a couple years, so it's time for me to read another mystery novel. I'm excited about that. And this one looks especially interesting because it also has a strong mother-daughter component. It's a unique tale that interweaves crime fiction with intimate tales of morality and search for individual freedom. So yeah, you can read that along with me. It's Elena Knows by Claudia Pinheiro.
1: All right. And a challenge that caught my eye was from June, and it is read a book that is part of a series. So I have chosen the Gilded Wolves series by Roshani Chokshi. It starts with the book, The Gilded Wolves, and the second book in the series is called The Silvered Serpents. It's a captivating fantasy series set in an alternate historical Paris at the end of the 19th century and follows a diverse group of characters who embark on thrilling adventures involving magic, heists, and uncovering hidden secrets. In the first book, The Gilded Wolves, it introduces readers to several central characters, each with their unique abilities and backgrounds. The group is led by a wealthy hoteler and treasure hunter, and the team, the Gilded Wolves, is a group of kind of misfits, but experts in their respective fields. It includes a brilliant engineer, a talented historian, a powerful illusionist, and even a skilled dancer with a secret past. The writing in this book is really great. The whole series is. It is full of lush descriptions and invoking the grandeur and the opulence of Paris' past. The author seamlessly weaves together elements of history, mythology, and magic, creating a world where magic and technology coexist. And the series explores themes of friendship, found family, identity, and the power of love and sacrifice. So it's definitely something I would recommend starting if you want to start a new series or just to hit this challenge for summer reading. You could start with The Gilded Wolves would be a good introduction to the series, but sometimes I'm feeling a little crazy and I jump into the second or even the third book of a series, sometimes without even realizing it, and then I have to go back. But I think it's kind of fun that way you're kind of thrown into the action and you don't have a lot of the setup or the exposition that a lot of first books in series have. So I'm excited to jump into reading this series, the Gilded Wolves series by Roshani Chokshai.
0: Another challenge I am really excited to explore is learn about an author or illustrator. I love this challenge because there are many ways to go about doing this. You can learn about an author or illustrator by visiting their website, visiting their social media presence, You can often watch videos or DVDs about an author or illustrator. You might even be able to meet an author or illustrator at an event at one of our local library locations. Keep your eye on our calendar. You never know what you're going to find. But how I hopefully will choose to learn about an author or illustrator this summer is by reading an author biography. And the one that I chose is called Richard Wright, The Life and Times by Hazel Rowley. Now, reading Richard Wright's novel, Native Son, my senior year of high school was such a life changing experience for me. It was the first novel that I really read very closely. And I read it with my mom, we read it together. So that also was another component of why I loved it so much. But if you haven't read that, I mean, that would be another reading recommendation is Native Son by Richard Wright. So now that I know that I'm a Richard Wright fan, I'm interested in learning more about his life. Uh, Apparently, it was a an exceptional life. And this particular biography weaves his life with his own writings. It's described as actually one of the best biographies of writers. And it highlights the important contributions that he made to American literary history. So I'm really excited to learn more about him.
1: Another challenge I'm super excited about is from August, and it is read a book about nature. Now we are big nature lovers here on the pod. We love our walks and our hikes and just being out in the sun, being around plants, hearing those animals. And this book is one of my absolute favorites. It's Kind of considered maybe a reference guide of sorts, but you could definitely read it cover to cover and you can retain and learn so much information from it. And it is called Nature Anatomy, The Curious Parts and Pieces of the Natural World by Julia Rothman. Now, this is considered a J title or juvenile title, but honestly, it is Beautiful. The book itself is absolutely stunning. The attention to detail and the incredible illustrations and sketches are just absolutely astounding. The visuals are the reason why I picked up this book. You all know I love to pick up books based on covers. This one just jumped out at me and I couldn't put it down. It's also a part of, I guess, a sort of series, the anatomy series. Julia Rothman has written several of these kind of anatomy books. We have another one called Wildlife Anatomy at JMRL, and there's also several others. One of the standout features of Nature Anatomy, of course, is the stunning visuals and the intricate illustrations. Rothman's artwork is both informative and visually appealing, making it an absolute delight to flip through the pages. The detailed diagrams of the anatomy of a flower to the mesmerizing depictions of various ecosystems, the illustrations help breathe life into the text, enhancing the reader's experience. Each page honestly does feel like a work of art and it encourages readers to immerse themselves in the beauty of nature. So whether you pick up this book because you like Rothman have a passion for nature or you just want to learn more about what's going out in the world and what you see when you go outside, this would be an excellent reference guide and a book that will leave you with a renewed appreciation for the beauty and complexity of our planet.
0: The next challenge I decided to highlight for you for this summer is read a book about friendship or community. The book I chose was fried green tomatoes at the whistle stop cafe by Fanny Flagg. Now the first reason I chose this book is because it's an older book, uh, Published in the 80s or 90s. And lately, I've been interested in reading older books, partially for my decades challenge. For those who have been keeping up with our yearly reading challenges, I'm just really interested to see if reading some of the books that were around in the past will maybe help me feel more connected to generations that came before me my mom, um, my grandma, just. Older people in my life, older friends. This book also looks especially fun because it's about women, reminiscing, and life in the South. I personally love books in which nothing really happens. And this one sounds like it might be like that, might be a lot of conversations. It also looks like it might have some cozy mystery vibes, maybe some small town, eccentric characters. But I also see that the Cafe from the title. It's described as offering good barbecue, good coffee, all kinds of love and laughter, and even an occasional murder. So I think this will be an interesting, fun book, and I'm excited to read it. It's Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Fanny Flagg.
1: Hey, Abby, have you heard about this year's summer reading theme?
0: You know, EJ, I did hear something about it. Was it something like All Together Now?
1: Yes, that's it. I think it's a great theme for a really exciting summer. I love it because it can mean so many different things.
0: Exactly. Like on this episode, we are talking about all these different ideas and reading challenges that can ultimately bring us all together. So correct
1: me if I'm wrong, Abby, but JMRL now uses the app and website Beanstack to help track summer reading across all of its branches, correct?
0: Again, that is exactly correct.
1: Beanstack
0: is a really easy-to-use app that can help you track your reading and progress in challenges and activities.
1: And I know there will be a lot of challenges, so having Beanstack to help us keep track will be a huge help.
0: All you have to do is get the app from your phone's app store, but you can also use any computer or tablet to track your progress. I hear there will even be paper forms this year.
1: Yes, I heard that as well. And library staff will be trained and ready to assist patrons on transferring their log of reading from paper to bean
0: That is, if our patrons even need the help. They are so savvy.
1: All of this is such great information. I can't wait to start logging my reading. But I know there are gonna be some great prizes, right? So what can we win?
0: You're right, a successful summer reading program would never be complete without prizes. This year, participants will receive gift cards from local businesses all around the JMRL
1: region. So every branch and age level will have different gift card prizes? You know it. It's going to be a really exciting summer with a lot of reading and learning, so we hope you can all participate. As always, if you have any questions or need any help at all, just stop by any information desk at your local branch.
0: Happy reading, listeners! For book chat today, I will be talking about Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. I have been waiting to talk about this for a long time. I finally just finished it after starting it in January. It's right in time to talk about it because it has just won the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction alongside Trust by Hernan Diaz. Now, I just want to start off by saying, don't be confused. I have been reading this book for a really long time, but that does not mean it's not good. Really, it's just because it's very long and I'm unfortunately very busy. But this is a masterful recasting of David Copperfield, narrated by an Appalachian boy whose wise, unwavering voice relates his encounters with poverty, addiction, institutional failures, and moral collapse. And these are his efforts to conquer them. So instead of David Copperfield, we have Damon, who goes by the nickname of Demon demon grows up way too early in rural Virginia, the adults in his community are unable to be caretakers for him. This is from his mom to the loving elderly neighbors next door, all the way to his caseworkers, his foster parents, and even his blood relatives. He faces everything. This is a book about child hunger, child labor, feeling untethered and unloved, not having a place in the world. But yet, and here's the first glimmer uh, of really what makes this book so special and Demon so special, is that he has this agency to make change. It doesn't villainize any of the characters, even the characters who make ultimate mistakes, overdosing and dying. There are books out there in the world that I think are just simply masterful because the scope is so huge. The character is so deep and the plot is so thought provoking. And often what makes me stand in all of these books is that they are so important and so issues oriented, but yet they're not heavy. So Demon as a character, he's cynical and he's no nonsense, but he's also really funny and charming and interesting. Barbara Kingsolver writes this in such an interesting slang or vernacular. His turns of phrase are just phenomenal. There's also not one defining moment. The story just continues to climb. It's just like getting to know a real person where you get invested and more and more invested with every page. When you meet a stranger for the first time, there's an instant connection sometimes, which there is with demon. But then you also get to know them better and better. Can you imagine having no one? Like literally no one in your corner. Now, so much of it is unimaginable, but once you get started, you really need to know what happens next. This story is also told in a reflective style, which is really helpful because no matter how bad it gets, you can grit your teeth because you know that demon is going to make it. That really mattered to me. I loved him as a storyteller and I wanted to hear his story from him. I loved demon's wide open mind the way that he sees and describes his world. Because yes, the plot is about growing up in foster care and drug addiction and blossoming relationships, but it's also about land and economy. It's about country versus city, employment, culture, and history. Lastly, I loved this book because it was very immersive. It's told in first person. This was just one voice told in first person for over 500 pages. I think that it's a great choice for fans of The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois by Honoré Jeffers, which is another hefty, character-driven, tumultuous, gritty, coming-of-age story that ultimately weaves in the character's cultural heritage. If you are interested in literary fiction, if you are interested in realistic fiction, If you are interested in the place of Appalachia and the people of Appalachia, this would be a great book for you. And I hope that lots and lots of people read it because I loved it so much.
1: My book chat today is on a YA novel called "Imposter Syndrome and Other Confessions of Alejandra Kim by Patricia Park. This is a novel about Alejandra Kim, who's in her senior year of high school. So she is struggling with feelings of inadequacy, self-doubt, and the novel explores themes of identity, race, and culture through Alejandra's experiences as a high school senior, navigating the nuances of college acceptance and the complications of friendships that come with graduating high school. Alejandra faces a lot of decisions and pain from her past and the future that she wants to want, if that makes sense. Kind of wrote that line not knowing if it would land well, but I think it is an interesting way to think about our futures, especially if you put your mind in the mind of a high school senior who goes to a private school in New York who is a scholarship student at that school who is trying to get into Ivy League or Ivy League equivalent colleges. Lots of her friends get into this college that she wants to get into, Wider College in Maine. She wants to go there. She wants to go there as fresh person Alley. Throughout the whole novel, everyone in like freshman years refer to fresh person. It's very interesting. I wonder if that's how high schoolers refer to themselves today as fresh people. I kind of like it. Um, And Ale or Alejandra, she has to face these decisions about where she wants to go to school because she gets in a lot of places. She's very brilliant. She's very smart. But she has to deal with these situations during her senior year, including a microaggression from a professor or visiting professor that kind of catapults L.A. into this racial tension spotlight that she's not necessarily looking for. This book is also narrated just by L.A. So we see everything from her point of view. So I like that. So it does kind of go with Abby's book, that same type of writing. And it's interesting because we see everything from her point of view and not from anyone else's. So, of course, you know, there's one scene where there's a high school party that they're at, all celebrating their college acceptances, et cetera, et cetera. And she gets into a little tiff with her quote unquote best friend, Laurel, because she believes Laurel used her and her ethnicity to do better on Laurel's own college applications. So yeah, that's a little rough. Ale feels like she was used by her supposed best friend, as she puts it. And it gets, you know, intense for high school. Now, it's been a while since I've been in high school. I don't remember crazy particular pressure on me in high school about colleges. but. I don't live in New York. I didn't go to a private college, and I definitely was not trying to get into Ivy Leagues. So I can imagine there being a lot of pressure of that. And then you add in this extra pressure of not looking like everyone around you. She's Korean and Argentine. So she presents as Korean, but she's not you know, Latin X enough for her neighborhood in New York. And she states that as so. People look down on her because she's not what they think of when they think of a Latin X human. And she doesn't speak Korean well enough to be looked at or to be looked upon with respect on the Korean side of her family. So she's kind of stuck in this middle. Why isn't she good enough with who she is as a person? Because she's a great person who's trying really hard to juggle a lot of things, including the death of her father. And that will spiral anyone into any situation that's not looking good for them, I think. I think she is a very relatable and complex protagonist because I felt real empathy for her as she struggled to reconcile with her own success and her own feelings of self-doubt, i.e. imposter syndrome. One of the most notable pieces of this book was at the very end. It's a little bit of spoilers here, but she ends up working with a professor studying imposter syndrome and where it came from, or the feelings of imposter syndrome and why they exist. And her professor says something along the lines of, you know, she doesn't like that phrase, quote unquote, imposter syndrome, because it's another phrase that has been thrust upon people who feel like they don't belong. It's something that people have to deal with internally, and in the professor's eyes, It's not fair for anyone to have to deal with this label, especially because this label didn't exist 10 years ago. So this is just another use of words to alienate people who are different or don't fall into the status quo to make them feel like imposters to their own selves. And that is tough. I have felt imposter syndrome before in my life, my own personal life, and I completely understood what LA was feeling in a lot of these scenes. Why do I feel this way? I feel good enough about what I'm doing, but why aren't I good enough to everyone else around me? Why does that make me feel like an imposter? So it deals with some pretty heavy stuff for a, you know, 300-ish page YA novel, but I think that it tackles really important themes, and it's engaging, and the writing is quite good. There are some really fun, vivid descriptions of New York City and its diverse inhabitants, We got to learn all about taking the 7 and the A train and all that stuff. And I'm not from New York, not really familiar with it too much besides, you know, movies, TV, that kind of stuff. So to hear more about New York City as a inhabitant of New York City is always a fun time. Well, sometimes a fun time, I should say. (laughs) I would recommend this book. I think it's good for anyone to read this book. It's very short as you know novels go. It's a quick read. You could probably finish it in one day, Abby, to meet your challenge if you wanted. And because it's a contemporary fiction and it explores race, identity, and culture, it's also extremely timely in today's world. So if you're looking to understand what people who are different from you go through, Pick up a book like this. Pick up a book by an author, a diverse author, someone you wouldn't normally read. Pick it up. Read it. Read about the other struggles that people are dealing with. And it might open your eyes to be able to help in your own struggles. So yes, that is the end of my book chat for imposter syndrome and other confessions of Alejandra Kim by Patricia Park. Thank you listeners for being part of this podcast community. We're so happy to have you. We hope you'll join us in taking a moment to thank the friends of the library who generously support this endeavor. If you would like to learn more or join the friends, you can head to their website at jmrlfriends.org. And that's all
0: for us today. We'll be back in two weeks with our next episode Don't forget you can always get involved on social media or by emailing us at podcast at jmrl.org. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad to be on the same page.